0: This is Brojo Online, masculinity, confidence, and integrity, with Dan Munro. And today's a special one. Today we're going to be talking about building a real relationship, and we're going to be doing so based on a true life story, my story. I've called this session How I Got a Girlfriend, which is a somewhat ironic title. Because the idea of getting someone actually goes against what uh, what helps build a relationship. But I wanted to use that title because I knew it would uh, resonate with you guys. So this is, yeah, is going to be a fairly vulnerable one. I'm going to be talking a lot about myself. Um, I'm going to be talking about the truths that occurred in the development of the relationship I'm in at the moment with my girlfriend. And... I won't be talking about her personally. That wouldn't be fair to her. I'm not going to be sharing her details, but I will be talking about me. And I want to sort of set the scene now. This is not going to be mm-hmm. some sort of perfect fairy tale where everything works out all, all the time, exactly how you wish it would. What I really wanted to do today was more the true life story of how a relationship builds from complete strangers through to actually being in a commitment with each other. And I want to talk about how I applied everything we talk about here at Brojo to the building of this relationship. So I don't know where we're going to go today, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know that I'm going to try and share with you a real story, the story I wish I had heard so many years ago. I've been in one long-term relationship before this one. It was right back in high school and lasted till just outside of high school. and. I was really, really a nice guy, capital N, capital G, in that relationship. So it wasn't really real. It was a performance that I put on. And since then, the, the relationships I had had were quite shallow and short-lived. They didn't last very long because of my nice guy It eventually bore the other person into leaving. And so I took a a bit of a sabbatical from trying to build relationships in order to work on myself. I knew that I needed to deal with some of my demons before I could hope to build a relationship because I was bringing all that that baggage into my connections with women. So I'd been working on myself and deliberately staying single for quite some time. And as I started this coaching, started Brojo and working with others. And I finally got to a point where I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to be open and honestly myself in a relationship and to see what happens when I do that. I'm also ready to have very high standards in terms of who I connect with and not settle for someone just because they like me. And I'm willing to try some things I've never tried before and go where no one else has gone before and not follow any rules for a relationship and just build something genuine and unique to myself and of course to the girl I'm in the relationship with. And so today we're going to be going through that story. Now, the caveat here is I have no idea where this relationship is going to go. It could end tomorrow. You know, it's uh, there is no guarantee to it. And this this session is not about how to get someone and keep them. That's why I said, <clears throat> excuse me, that the title was ironic. This is not about how to manipulate someone into loving you forever. This is just a story about how I met someone, how we connected very deeply, and how that relationship blossomed, and what I think others might be able to take away from that, that I think would be able to be repeated as as a way of building a relationship. So, we'll start from the beginning. I'll start with how we met, because this is obviously a huge, huge factor, to. Possible to start a relationship with someone without meeting them first, and I wanted to talk about how I met my girlfriend because for me it was the way I've always kind of dreamed it would happen, and that is naturally it happened in a way where when we met each other, it it wasn't a planned attempt for me to find a girl. I was just living my life, and she was just living hers, and we connected in a shared experience. This is a huge factor, I think, in building a real relationship. I see so many guys now, when when they go out, the sole reason is to try and find a woman. So they're all really just oozing neediness. I mean, if your sole reason for going out and doing something is to find a partner of some kind, then you're already tainting your, your possibilities. You're already kind of ruining it because you're just so full of neediness. You have this sole purpose of finding a woman when you're really going to be in a much better place to find someone. If that's not what you're doing, if it's when you're just going out and living your life and being social and enjoying, you know, what life has to offer you and doing what's right for you, the people you meet in those situations are going to be highly likely to be a good fit for you. And therefore the likelihood of finding a relationship in a a natural way is, is quite high. So in this case, I was at a dance event. I'm a a Zouk dancer. It's a Brazilian style, kind of like salsa. And I've been doing that for a number of years now. And one of the things I love about it is going to workshops. So every few months or so, somebody puts on a workshop here in New Zealand. Some famous people come over and teach us some shit. And it's a great way to just meet new people and learn how to dance and so on all at once. It's really intense, goes for days, and there's usually dozens of people there. Now, I I was at this event, and, and the way dance workshops often go is you're kind of in a big circle around the instructor, and you're practicing the thing, and then you change partners, you practice thing, change partners again. It's such an idea. It's kind of like speed dating almost for meeting people. It's really great. Now, at the time, I was practicing the 3X model, the thing that I've developed, And I was testing some various parts of it. And one of the things I was testing was as I I went to each new person, each new girl to dance with, I challenged myself to just notice something about them and express that honestly or notice how I felt when I was with them and express that honestly. Basically just practicing like open, honest expression based on a reaction, uh, which is part of the model and how I recommend people start conversations rather than pre-planning something. So I was going around, I was saying things, various things to people. I might say, oh, it's cold in this part of the room because that's what I noticed. Or I might say, you know, oh, I love the way you've um, put the highlights in your hair. I could see that from across the room. Whatever, I was just giving, you know, just giving genuine recognition for the things that I noticed. Now, when I came to my girlfriend, as, as I started to dance with her, I realized that she was my favorite. She was my favorite to dance with. I liked dancing with her the most. Didn't know why, but I did. So the honest thing for me to say was, you're my favorite. This wasn't actually the first time I met her, but it's the first time I truly noticed her, I think. First time I really felt a connection with her. Um, and that's how it all started for me, was me saying that, me expressing the very first thing that I really truly said to her from a, from a real place was how I felt about her. its a very simple thing. You're my favorite, but it was true and it was genuine. And I think she could feel that. And that's how it all began. And throughout that workshop, we were kind of flirty and um, affectionate, but nothing really came of it. I didn't make any real moves. I felt restricted by the environment we're in. This was in a different city. I didn't live in this city. And I was, um, kind of surrounded by a group of people that I'd gone down with. I just didn't see any great opportunity to to invite her to spend more time, which could have just been fear. Who knows? Anyway, at the end, we had a bit of a hug and one of those almost kiss moments, but people were watching. You're kind of like, am I supposed to do something? You know, that one of those moments. And uh, I simply invited her to see me again. And this is fairly easy to do. When I talk to people um, about the idea of building a relationship, rather than kind of asking them out on a date and and trying to actually make a relationship happen, you can simply invite them to see you one more time. It's a different concept, and it's an open-ended invitation. It's not this, you must see me to create something for the future. It's just, hey, if you want to see me one more time, I'm open for that. And, you know, some context as to how that could happen. So in this case, I made a bit of a joke about if she was ever coming to stay in my city, you know, I'd let her sleep in my car. Um, Basically saying, look, if you're coming up to Auckland, come and stay with me. It was a a fairly bold offer. It was, if it had been to another guy, it would have just been a friendly offer. But given the way we were feeling, there was a tension to this, you know, It was kind of came within the undertones of sensuality or sexuality. And I just sort of said, you know, basically, you can come and stay with me. I thought nothing of it. I thought nothing was going to come of it. And one of the key themes throughout the building of, of our relationship has been that we lived in different cities to begin with. And this gave us a sense that there was never really more than one more time. We always thought eventually the city thing is going to be a, a deal breaker for us. We can't, can't continue a relationship in different cities and we're not going to do some long distance phone thing. So we just, if we happen to be in each other's cities, we'll spend time together. That was a theme throughout our relationship. But I think what what we are very lucky in and is this actually allowed us to create a relationship with really no attachment to the future. We really did think every time we were together, we really did think it was the last time we're going to be together. And there was a freedom in that. And there's something about that that really helped us build this relationship. It's one of the key factors I want you guys to take away from this. is when you're building a relationship with someone, if you can create a situation where it's totally free to end all the time, that there is no attachment to a future, that you're not trying to keep them, you're not trying to keep each other, in any way, something happens in that situation that really opens you up and allows you guys to connect truthfully without neediness. So, I, I can't remember how long a few weeks, maybe a month passed, and a workshop was going to happen in Auckland. And, and she got in touch with me. We'd had some messages back and forth, maybe I can't really remember. But I, I was dating other girls at this time. I was really not attached to any one girl. I wasn't trying to make a relationship happen. I was just trying to find a connection, which is different. I wasn't trying to make a connection. I was trying to find one. And this is another key factor in that, I believe, is if you're trying to make a connection, trying to create a long-term thing, you'll, you'll bias yourself. You won't be able to accurately assess how you feel about someone because you'll be attached to making something happen with them which will make you attached to who you think they are in your head, this kind of ideal person that doesn't exist. But with these girls, I was just dating them, hoping hoping to find a connection, but totally willing to let go of any girl where it didn't happen spontaneously, naturally, without effort. And so she, long story short, she came up to Auckland. I invited her to stay with me um, again and kind of confirmed it. When we I picked her up from the airport. And as soon as I picked her up from the airport, I felt excited. You know, I was I was more excited seeing her than I had been about anyone else in quite a while. I was nervous. I was feeling nervous picking her up from the airport. And there was something thrilling about that. I, I can't remember the last time a, a girl really made me feel nervous because I'm doing all this work on myself and so on. And I, I can't remember exactly what we talked about, but on that car ride home, I thought, this is different to the other girls I'm dating. I don't feel this this tension with the other girls. This is something special, and I was just telling myself, basically, I'm just going to breathe into it. You know, I'm just going to let however this weekend goes go. I'm not going to uh, be passive. I'm not saying that, but I'm willing to just see what happens on this weekend. I'm really not attached to any one thing happening. I just want to see, but I'm going to let this feeling of excitement and nervousness guide my decision-making. Um, and we, yeah, we hit it off straight away. You know, that very first night things got, we went to places. I won't go into too many details, but, uh, it escalated quickly. And the theme again on that first night was, I was just telling her how I felt. I told her that I was nervous about, about her being here. I told her that I kind of, i felt a lot of excitement and, and there's something about her. That, that stood out to me that this was kind of a big deal for me and she opened up in return. And I went, again, I won't go into too much detail, but I found that she was reciprocating. She was opening herself up to match me in a way that the other girls I was dating weren't. And so this was, this was huge for me. And I could see that this was different. That weekend went by in a flash and Again, it ended with the theme, like, do we want to see each other again? Just one more time. We talked about, I can't remember the details, but we talked a bit about the restrictions, the logistics. We were, the cities are far enough apart, you have to fly. We weren't driving distance from each other. Um, But we sort of decided, yeah, we enjoyed this weekend together. We want it to happen again, at least one more. Um, and we're both in a place where we weren't trying to make a relationship happen. She, she was actually due to go back home. She lives in Europe. She was due to go back home to live, you know, the last thing she wanted was to get attached to some Kiwi guy. (laughs) She's so she repeatedly tells me, um, so she was really unattached from, from outcomes as well. And we're both just in a really great place to be able to connect genuinely because neither of us was trying to make anything happen. The next time I think, did I go to her I can't remember, but there was this back and forth. And we'd go and spend time together, and so we didn't really date. And this is another key takeaway I want to give you guys is we weren't dating. We were spending really quality time together, having like adventures together for short but intense periods of time. So we'd have these weekends together. With, with weeks in between of not seeing each other, we'd chat over Skype perhaps or, um, or Facebook messaging or that kind of thing. But the actual time we spent together was like entire days, two or three days at a time and the nights and then nothing. I don't know how that helped, but it did. I, I'm not sure exactly what effect that had, but it was different to dating where you see someone for a few hours multiple times per week and this kind of intensity and then it dies away. You might sleep with them or whatever, but then you just go off and do your day job. And you're kind of having these frequent but short periods of time together. We were having infrequent long periods of time together. We were going on trips together. We'd make something of it because we had only this window of opportunity. So we'd go traveling together. We'd go stay places and do stuff. And I showed her my city. She showed me hers. It became this, you know, I remember one of the times I was just driving around and around Auckland and just showing her like where I grew up and where my favorite places were. And she got this like intense tour of Dan, you know, my history, who I am, what I'm into. She got this whole intense thing. It was it's so much more than a date. You're sitting there talking about what you do for a job, you know, it was so much more intense than that. And... That's one thing I'll take away forever, even if this relationship doesn't last, if I have to start another one in the future. That short bursts, bursts of intense, focused attention on each other, where you're really together and getting to know each other deeply, and then spending time apart to digest that, and, and to, to allow yourself to kind of let go of outcomes again, and just really feel, do I want to see this person again? Allow that decision to be a really authentic one if you're kind of dating two or three times a week, there might not be enough time to really sit back and go, is this person right for me? Am I excited about seeing them again? Am I am I looking forward to them without neediness? We were given that, we were forced into a position because of our logistical barriers. We were forced into that pattern and that really helped us to build something. There were a couple of times where Events took place, interactions happened that really took things to the next level. And these are the things I wanted to make sure that we got on the recording today. They're the things that I think that you can replicate quite genuinely and spontaneously and help you to build a relationship. And one of those is something I talk about often. It's called the question game. It's one of the few things that I took away from the whole pickup thing that I believe is healthy and that I believe actually contributes to building a genuine, you know, truthful relationship, but in a structured way for people, you know, like yourselves, like anyone who might struggle to know how to build that connection, you know, genuinely. So the question game is really simple. I mean, you just take turns asking each other questions with a complete open disclosure that this is, we're going to get to know each other and we're going to share some deep personal shit. And, we have to be honest with our answers. You have to answer as honestly and vulnerably as possible. And you have to play the game with the willingness to lose the other person forever based on the answers. You know, you're going to reveal the stuff that's kind of make or break, possibly. And we were we we're on a trip. We'd gone to uh, Rotorua in New Zealand. It's got like thermal hot pools and stuff like that. It's, it's quite an interesting place. And uh, we're staying in the shitty little backpackers together we had this little room and um i i started the game i said look you know let's 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 bump it up a level let's play this game and you get to ask me anything i get to ask you anything we take turns and you have to be totally honest and we'll just kind of let out some secrets and see how we feel about each other after it. it's quite a fun game to play it's usually pretty playful even though some pretty serious shit will get covered um once you get into it so we we played that game we went we we're playing for hours you know um it actually kind of carried on for a couple of days after that there'd be bits if we we're driving along be like hey you ask a question now you know that's how the game often it really helps to build com- communication skills as well mm-hmm. if you find you had a dead patch in communication and you've become needy and you know you're not okay with silence and but you can't think of anything to say You know, once you've started the question game, you simply go, well, it's your turn again, you know, or here's a question and you kind of can bridge that gap during those, you know, awkward first few months. So we played this game and it really took things to a new level for us because we went into this vulnerable place where I was asking questions and answering questions that I knew that if our answers weren't aligned, if we didn't see eye to eye on this stuff, it would actually be the end of us. You know, we were talking now about core values. We're talking about our childhoods. We're talking about, you know, stuff that was really important and meaningful to us. The kind of stuff that if, if it wasn't accepted or aligned with by the other person, we were doomed. And this is another key takeaway that I want for you guys uh, when it comes to building a relationship is that you need to keep stepping into that place so you're willing to lose them. As I was saying, one of the key points here in, And allowing the relationship to grow is you have to keep stepping into that space where you're willing for it to end. It's this kind of counterintuitive thing that a relationship can't grow if you're trying to make it grow. If you're trying to keep it, if you're trying to protect it from ending, uh, you'll actually go into a space where you're putting it at risk because now you're going to become inauthentic. You're going to start moderating and using strategy to build something that cannot be based on strategy this is not like building a relationship with a client at work for the strategy of making money. Building a romantic relationship must be more like drawing on a canvas together, doing a painting together where you each take turns to paint something and there are no rules and you're willing to, to create something that you, know, that you don't like anymore and that you're going to end. So when we're playing the question game, basically what we're doing is we're exploring areas that might have been make or break for us. And this is something that we still do regularly. We still have conversations regularly where we explore what's important to us and what we care about the most and what we want from each other. And in particular, paying attention to that space where if this isn't going to work between us, this particular issue, you know, it's actually might be a deal breaker from one of us so we have to talk about it so the question game really helped with that and it helped with balancing as well uh, while we were playing it I actually the reason we started playing I remember now was I was talking to her about balanced investment you know I was talking to her I was like whatever relationship happens it needs to be balanced both people need to give equally they can give in different ways but it has to be an equal investment or otherwise one person gets put on a pedestal and the other one becomes a worshiper and that never really works out. And so I asked her, you know, do you feel that we're, that we're equal at this stage? Do you feel that we're balanced? Um, this reminds me, I probably need to ask that question again. It's worth to check in on that. And uh, she said, no, she said that she felt that I knew more about her than she knew about me. Um, and that was a revelation. I didn't realize that. And I realized, well, she doesn't feel safe. In that situation, she's going to start closing up if she feels that I've kind of got more on her than she's got on me. So what I did in that situation was I actually told her a big story about me being a nice guy. I told her about my history of being a nice guy, about being needy and everything. Again, this is a make or break kind of conversation. I don't know how she's going to judge this and that might be a deal breaker for her. That's why I had to say it to, to grow the relationship. Um, so I told her all about me being needy and so on and my, my kind of awful history with relationships, how toxic they were, and how the, what was building between us was actually the first healthy connection I had really developed. Um, and that this time, instead of trying to make it work, I was going to do the opposite. I was going to try and break it with honesty in order to, to give it a chance to be a real thing. And when I told her all of this, I asked her, you know, does it feel more balanced now? You've got this kind of history on me now. Do you feel more balanced? And she said, yeah, we're getting there. And that's when we started the question game. So another key factor that's helped us build this relationship is checking in on that investment level. Always trying to see is is each person giving equally in their own way. So we might not give in the same way, like I might give by letting her see what I'm thinking and feeling. And she might give with with physical affection in return. It's not the same thing, but we're both contributing. Um, and this is one of the things that really built a kind of foundation for us. Was that I started talking differently the way the most guys do in a relationship. So you ask most guys in a relationship, "What are you thinking?" The sort of girl will ask a guy often, "What are you thinking?" And the guy will say nothing. Which is never true. There's no such thing as thinking nothing. There's always something occurring inside your mind. There's always noise there. And so a guy will say nothing, and the girl will know that's kind of a lie, that he's hiding from her, and automatically a distrust starts to build. Why is he hiding? What's he afraid of? So on. So what I aim to do is a challenge to myself, and sometimes I slip on this, but I try to do this as much as possible is I try to keep that kind of that forehead open so that she can see inside my mind. It's a metaphor. I don't cut myself open, but I try to let her see what's happening inside my mind as often as I think to do it. You know, sometimes there are barriers to that. For example, if I feel that she's, you know, in a bad mood or something, I, I start to hold back myself, which is a spiral I've been learning about and trying to work on. But generally I try to let her see. We had this one We are walking around somewhere and she just throws it at me. Like, what are you thinking? Just comes out of nowhere. And at that time, just walking down the street, I was having this, guys will understand, it's just having this random fantasy where her and I were at a bar and a fight broke out and I stood in front of her to protect her. I don't know why I was thinking about this. Nothing prompted it. There was no point or reason to thinking this. It was just a random story playing inside my head while we walked around. So I thought, well, she's asked me. That's what I have got to tell her. It's a weird thing to say. She's probably going to think I'm mental and want to break up with me. But I've got to tell her anyway, you know. So I had that that story of doubt going in my head, but I shared it anyway. And her reaction was, you know, really interesting. But basically, it, it told me that that's what she wants. She wants that kind of connection. She wants to see. Um, she wants to see that if she asks me what's going on inside my mind, I'm going to show her and she's going to actually be allowed that privileged kind of information. So that's been a huge theme throughout the relationship as well is that I've tried my best not to hold back with revealing what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling uh, and as, and trying to do it as accurately as possible. And doing it, the hardest thing is doing it when you really think it's the wrong time. You really think that there's, it's going to be reacted to badly. It becomes really difficult to, to be open and honest, you know. But uh, those are the times when it's most important. And if you really want to build a genuine connection with someone where you feel completely free to be yourself the entire time and you really get into that space where you're willing to lose them. A key practical tip, I would say, is constantly, at least once a day, ask yourself, what don't I want them to know about me? And then share that as boldly as you possibly can, because that means at least once a day, you're willing to lose them. And I seriously believe deep down that this has been the basis of building this relationship for me, has been willing to lose her always. Because I've also noticed, and this is where I'll talk about one of my first slips, that when I'm not willing to lose her, we go backwards. We, we have problems. We disconnect. And a neediness comes in, and I start to lose myself. And I lose track of who I am and what I'm doing in this relationship. And I've I've learned some really powerful, some powerful lessons through the relationship so far. When I'm willing to lose her, there's a freedom and a light that we, we connect really well. And as soon as I try to keep her, even when I don't know I'm doing it, um, we start having huge connection problems. So I'll tell you about when I first noticed this. So we had this thing where she was going back to where she lives in Europe and we just had two weeks together, almost two weeks together in Thailand, a kind of ideal romantic holiday together and we didn't know what was going to happen next because she had no plans to come back to New Zealand and I wasn't going anywhere. And so there was a good chance that this is our last time together. We didn't know what she was going to do. And it was really all on her. I had, you know, Brojo, i building this thing here in New Zealand. I wasn't going anywhere for a while and she had to decide whether to go through the, the kind of heartache of coming back to New Zealand, separating from her family again and kind of giving up on her, her dreams or plans for going back home that she had originally had before she met me. So I was kind of – she met me at a time where she really didn't want to be meeting someone because she was about to leave a country, and I kind of came in and fucked with that basically. So we're at this point where we're now – after that trip, we were in a long distance, uncertain relationship. It's one of the most confusing and and emotionally draining things I've ever experienced. And her too. We're on Skype kind of twice a day, hours and hours a day. We're talking because we're just, especially after the Thailand trip, we're so in love with each other. But, you know, we were kind of in this place where we don't know if we're ever going to see each other again. It was all based on this big decision. And, without telling you too much about her, you know, she doesn't like making massive decisions like that. Finds it very stressful as most people do, I guess. And so every time I see her, we were really back to that place where do we want to see each other one more time? This time was by Skype with this kind of long distance thing in mind. And it was kind of free again. It was painful, but it was free. We didn't know if it was going to go anywhere. A few months into this, She made the decision to come back and something changed in me. This is one of the first times I really lost myself. It was a big learning for me in this relationship was there was a sense of relief when she decided that she was going to come back. And I mistook that as a really healthy feeling. It was actually a warning sign. This relief was me letting Letting myself become attached to a future with her. I started imagining us, you know, married with kids and all the kind of shit that you think about. And starting, I could feel it crawling into me and affecting my behavior. And I, I would never be able to pinpoint exactly what it did to me, but I started to behave in a way that was designed to keep our future relationship protected rather than to just be with her in the present moment. And I now absolutely believe that there is almost nothing to be gained in trying to create that future and become attached to it when actually you can achieve that same purpose just by being present with it and letting go of that future. If you're just spending quality time together, the future will naturally form. You can make short-term plans, of course, but you'll be making them without attaching to them. And I feel that I'm slowly getting back to that place now, but I really got into a, a place where I didn't know if the decisions I was making were because of my genuine desires, um, my values, or because I wanted the relationship to keep working. And that was, that was a dark place. And I'm actually only just coming out of that place now. I'm just coming to some realizations about some decisions I made and some actions I've taken where I lost track of who I was, lost track of who I, what I wanted Um, so that was, that was another key, key point I wanted to raise here is that I see this all the time when I'm working with clients and, you know, lonely guys who who haven't been able to connect well with people and that starts working, actually start connecting through letting go and being honest and vulnerable and, you know, paying attention. And what's interesting is as soon as it starts to work, the neediness comes back because now you feel like you've got something to lose. And so that key factor keeps coming back. If you want the relationship to work, you have to keep checking back in and getting back to a place where you're willing to lose it. This doesn't mean that you you no longer feel motivated to spend time with them. It just means that if you don't genuinely want to spend time with them, you'll become aware of that. And if you do, then it will be obvious and you'll be like, yeah, okay, I'm willing to let go of this relationship, but I still want to see them. I still want to see them one more time, so I will. So this is where I think the, the, new, the, the latest part of this for me, the, the bit I'm really working on is how do I develop something with longevity without being attached to longevity? It's such a, it's such a challenging uh, almost paradox. For example, like planning things for the future together, planning trips, planning your life together, where you're going to live, what you're going to do together without actually being emotionally attached to making any of that happen you know, understand that that should only happen. Those plans should only go through with if you still feel that deep love for each other by the time those plans are due to be enacted. Um, and I think the only way to do this is to simultaneously plan like you want to see them again, or you want to plan a trip together in the future. You don't know if you're going to still like each other the same at that point, but you've got to make some plans because you want to get the discounts or the deals or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, but also being willing to completely sabotage those plans by coming to a realization of truth about each other, you know, so to have a plan and then be willing for a difficult conversation to come up on the day that that plan's supposed to go through and have that conversation destroy the plan. Um, if you're not willing to do that, then you're going to lose sight of honesty. And once you lose sight of honesty, the connection starts to get weakened. And, and I've, I've experienced that within this relationship. When, when I start going, you know what, there's no point in saying that because we've got to go, go to this dinner tonight or whatever. Um, I'll just wait till tomorrow. As soon as I make that decision to delay the truth in order to protect the relationship and that kind of short term focus level, a disconnect happens. Now, what I love about my woman is she's very feminine, it brings out the masculine in me. So I'm very driven and assertive. And she's wild. She's wild feminine you know real david dieter way of the superior man type stuff you know and she will test me if I if I stray off course if I start going into this needy place this attached place she will test me and I'm glad that she does I'm really glad that she does so when that happens it's it's really important for me to step back and realize hey if she's you know she's angry at me if she's disconnected and blocked and she's not talking to me this is actually feedback for me am I on track with my values here or have I lost her because she's felt me step away from that that masculinity and go to that needy passive place where I'm trying to protect the relationship rather than trying to live by my values um, and I, I found those tests really difficult you know because it's been such a long time for me to actually have been tested in this way And for so long I was looking like, oh, you know, there's something I need to fix here. But it's not something I need to fix, it's feedback. The reason that there's been changes is because I was not living by my values and she could feel that. The guy that she loves was drifting away in his attempt to protect the relationship. So my recommendation for this and something I'm going to try my best to live by is just to keep regularly be willing to lose the person in order to live the way you want to live, to do the things you want to do. Now I don't mean discard them and ignore them and abandon or neglect them. What I mean is if, if, if they're in a, if they're in a down mood and you got something you want to tell them off about and you think, Oh, now's not the time. Now is the time, you know, it's always the time to be open and honest. It's always the time. And if it's really, I mean, there's some social intuition here. If they're at a funeral, you're not going to be like, oh, "I can't believe you left the milk out again." You know, it's. I'm not talking about being absolutely clueless here, but one of the one thing that we did, we uh, we went for a little walk to a park. We just sat down, and had a conversation. I just said, "All the things that are bothering you about me, let's hear it. Let's get it all out." There's actually some advice I got from my parents. They're still happily married. They've uh, stayed together the entire time and they've always had a great marriage I mean their their relationship has been such a such a benchmark for me you know it's been something I've always wanted to achieve the connection that they have with each other and uh, I was talking to them about this the other day and they they told me something I didn't know about and That was when they first got married the priest back then there was kind of a tradition you go to the priest and you say you know what advice do you have for us in marriage uh, and the priest said look Make sure you get together regularly once a week and you just download about everything that's frustrated you. All the little things and you don't need to fix them. You don't need to change them to the other person. You're not asking the other person to change their behavior. You're just making sure they know about it so that little thing stays a little thing. You get it out and get it off your chest before it becomes like attached to a big ball of bitterness. And that's something I noticed. I can let little things go, but they don't actually go anywhere. These little things, they accumulate together. And as they accumulate, you lose track of the individual little things, which were nothing, and they become a big thing. This kind of ball of bitterness or resentment, it can build up really quickly if you're not being honest. So it was really important for me um, that we keep checking back in and just downloading on how we're feeling, not just the nice stuff but the other stuff as well, making sure there's a balance there. So deliberately making time in your week for uncomfortable conversations where if you've noticed that they've been distant or whatever, that you call it out and go, okay, last couple of days you've been somewhere else. Let's, you know, we'll go to a cafe, have a coffee and we're not leaving until we figure out what the fuck's going on here. Um, Before it becomes a thing that eventually is irreparable because you've lost track of what the problem was in the first place. This is what I see with so many people I coach in their relationships is, They're trying to get back on track. They've lost each other and they're trying to find each other again because they've left it so long. There is no one cause anymore. And so there's nothing that they can really grab onto and deal with. You know, it's a million things that have built up over time and it's just an overwhelming presence of bitterness and resentment and it's it's too hard to deal with. You need to keep releasing that and it doubles as the act of being willing to lose them. Every time you release it, you're kind of saying, well, if this is make or break, I'm still bringing it up. And therefore you get to release your neediness with it. And that's the purpose of it. It's not to ask them to change their behavior. Even if every week them not doing the dishes annoys you or whatever, it's not about them doing the dishes. It's about making sure that whatever resentment you have is let out and that whatever hurt needs to happen happens without it being such a big level. Because relationships are going to hurt. The real true loving ones hurt, you know. And there is resentment because you, you're giving yourself to somebody, you're giving your your love to somebody, and there's always going to be pain associated with that. It's, it's a price we choose to pay to, to share our lives with somebody because of all the great stuff that comes from that sharing. So trying to think that you're going to get to a place where your relationship has no pain I think is delusional, and it's better to just face that pain head on as it keeps coming up forever and ever. It's going to keep coming up. It might uh, get a little less over time, I think. there's a, Once the honeymoon period ends, there's a boundary setting phase where you really go, okay, we're kind of in this for the longer term now. Let's make sure that we actually really do accept each other fully by testing those boundaries. Um, what else have I learned from this? The long distance experience, I want to come back to that. This was one where... I had to battle my own neediness because I really wanted her to come back. But at the same time, I knew from a, from a a deep level that the only reason she could come back is because she wanted to, not because I convinced her to. And if, if, uh, if I convinced her to come back, then the relationship would be sort of founded on this manipulation. And the whole thing would be, it might have a chance, but it would be really highly likely of becoming sort of toxic and, and, resentful and unbalanced. Yet I really felt a strong compulsion to convince her to come here because I thought it was best for both of us. I genuinely believe that. And there were people on her side that were trying to convince her to stay over there. So I felt like I was competing with people. So constant pressure to try and convince her of the pluses of coming here to at least counterbalance the people saying that not coming back was the best choice. But I knew, I knew I, the only that a guy who was willing to lose her wouldn't go through with that. He wouldn't try to convince her. At the same time, I wanted to be honest. I was stuck. How do I be honest without trying to convince her when trying to convince her is what I honestly feel like doing? So this is where I developed something I call revealing the strategy. And it's where if you suspect that manipulation is going to come into your conversation, if you suspect that you can't trust yourself to be completely open and authentic with somebody, But you want to be, you know, you don't want to manipulate them, but you want to be honest as you can tell them that manipulation might happen and that you're not trying to, but it could come through. And this first time I tried and I found it was really effective for keeping that connection without manipulation. That is, look, I told her, you know, there's some stuff I want to say. There's a way I feel about you coming over here. I want you to know that. So it's part of your decision making. I want you to have that information. But I also know that I so badly want you to come over here that the way I say it might be designed to try and convince you to come over here. So I'm going to try not to do that. I'm going to try not to manipulate you. I want this to be your choice. I just kept saying this, you know, I want this to be your choice. I want um, the only reason you come here is because it's the right thing for you. Don't do it for me, but do it for you. Don't do it for us even, do it for you. At the same time, I've got to be honest with you and I don't know whether I'm going to be truly honest or manipulative. So. Here's how I feel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, So I would share that and then just say, just bear in mind, I'm not trying to convince you to stay. And if it sounds like I'm trying to convince you to stay, kind of ignore that part and just know that's how I feel about you and make your decision based on what's best for you. Keep thinking about what's best for you. Um, so that was something that came up a lot. And, again, it's another way of sort of letting go of that person is sort of saying, look, the only way for me to express my desire is to do so in a kind of a needy way right now. That'd be the honest thing for me to do. But I just want you to know I'm feeling that neediness. So I can't trust that my intentions are pure right now and just be aware of that. So that way you can kind of give them the best possible chance to hear your truth without being deceitful or manipulative or having that kind of covert contract. You can call it out. You can say, right now, I have a covert contract with you. You know, I'm expecting you to do this, but I'm too scared to tell you that. You know, you can bring all that out. And I try to do that as often as possible. Another thing that will come up is it's a mistake to make promises. It really is. A promise is always a lie. A promise is always a lie. Because you cannot predict the future, you cannot promise you will feel a certain way or act a certain way before the event happens. And yet during the building of a relationship, you're going to feel a desire to do that quite often because a relationship has the connotation of being future. as a longevity. We're going to be together in the future. And you want them to believe that. Your neediness wants them to believe that. So you start to promise that things will happen. You start to promise that you'll be a certain way. Or you express yourself in a way that comes with longevity. So rather than saying, you know, I love you right now, you might say, I'm going to love you forever you know it's your messaging will start to have a longevity to it that actually ends up being a promise i had a few experiences with this and you know i I learned some powerful lessons from that i I can't be doing that they're promising it comes from a a petty place of trying to placate them right now to say look i'll just tell her that this is going to happen in the future and then it's almost as good as doing it you know and kind of problem solved what I've been trying to really refocus on is keep coming back to making sure the way I express myself is present. This is how I feel about you now. This is how I'm going to behave right now. Not this is something you can expect in the future as well. Because especially when you're in the masculine, you know, one of the things she's going to keep testing you on is that authenticity. Do you live up to your word? So stop setting yourself up with words you can't live up to, you know, which is any promise for the future. You cannot live up to your words. You can keep helping her accept who you are by bringing it back to the present. Just being, I'm like this right now. That is not a promise for anything. You know, I can say that right now I feel this way about you. Right now I want to do this. That doesn't mean I'm going to want to do it again. It doesn't mean I'll feel this way about you in the future. It's just I feel this way right now. So use, avoid using words like always and later and never. These are words that have a future attached to them just say right now. So one of the other things that came up is, you know, we have a slight language barrier. English is her second language, which has made communication interesting because I, I've had to forego using complicated words, which I, I realized i kind of slipped into and had to keep things very simple and yet try to be as accurate and truthful as possible. So try to be understandable without having a full range of vocabulary available the whole time, which has helped me to realize that you don't actually need the full vocab. I mean, most of the time you can express yourself quite openly and honestly with very basic, simple gestures and words because we overcomplicate things in our minds. Most of the time, if you're feeling great about someone, you can just show that with a big hug or a kiss or something. You don't need to expand on this, you know, poem about how your mind works. But, One of the things is that it's very easy to come to a misunderstanding and I don't think a language barrier has actually got anything to do with it. I think the masculine and feminine communicating with each other often speak in different languages and so the miscommunication is always right there ready to happen. And one of the things I'd really recommend is constant checking in of understanding. Don't assume that they understand you and don't assume that you understand them, but make it a habit to check in, is this what you mean? And to be aware when some, when a misunderstanding has happened is what have I misunderstood there? Like one of the key things is that, you know, the way, again, I recommend reading the way of superior man, David data, the idea that uh, when it, when a, when a woman or the feminine is in sort of full flow, the words they use will sound long term when they're actually short term so i never want you to do that she doesn't actually mean never she means right now now a guy will only listen to the content or the masculine will just listen to the content never okay i'm never going to do that cross that off list never to be done again and then wonder a week later why you are getting in trouble for not doing it and this is something i'm learning is actually i've got to listen to the presence i've got to assume that whenever whenever she speaks she is not actually talking about the long term, even if she uses long term words. Now, this isn't a form of lying, like I originally thought. It's actually quite an accurate way of expressing how you feel. It's a, got a, it's a powerful way of expressing how you feel. If you let go of the content and listen to the feeling under the content. So when someone's like, oh my God, I never want you to do that. What she's saying is, I am frustrated right now. This is how, I'm so frustrated I'm using the word never. That's the real message. You know, when she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. She's not saying she doesn't know. She's saying, I feel disconnected and unsafe to tell you about this right now. I feel blocked right now. And if I can hear that message, then I can actually communicate with her. And then it's up to me to also hold her to account to to practice understanding acceptance with me. If I miscommunicate. She needs to learn how I communicate so that we can learn each other's language. We don't have to speak each other's language. We just need to be able to understand each other's language um, and understand that actually having that tension and that miscommunication every now and then is probably healthy for the relationship. We don't have to be fully rapport the whole time and actually having the rapport break naturally naturally. Is opportunities to grow. What we do next is what's most important. We can either allow that miscommunication to become a big bitter ball of resentment, or we can talk about it, or we can work through it in some other way, even physically, and get to another level of of connection through that. Which is what's happened so often. Girlfriend and I will have a conflict of some kind, and it's through the resolution of that conflict that we've become closer together. Without that conflict, we wouldn't have had that opportunity. So, again, letting go of trying to make the relationship work means actually allowing things to go wrong, essentially, every now and then, as long as you're willing to face them and deal with them courageously as soon as possible. So make a mess and then clean it up, rather than trying to prevent a mess from happening. Um, and the last point I wanted to make here from what I've learned so far Is about taking responsibility for your emotions. You're going to so often, when you're deeply connected to someone, you're going to really want to blame them for the way you feel because you're going to see such a clear connection between what they did and your change of mood. You know, you're in a great mood. They come home and they're grumpy and then you're grumpy. It seems obvious that it's their fault that you're grumpy, right? That's what your brain tells you. I was having a great mood and then she ruined it, you know. But that's never true. You're allowing them to affect you. You've decided to open up that connection, in which case you are vulnerable to being affected by them. That's just the way the human psyche works. The closer you are to someone, the more that they can influence you. You've allowed that to take place and you need to take responsibility for that. If you're going to be in a relationship, that means you're going to be affected by the other person. To be unaffected in a relationship is hostile and cold. It's psychopathic. It's not really a relationship. It's not a connection. If the other person doesn't affect you, you are not connected to them. It's as simple as that. So you've decided to allow them to affect you through taking that risk. That's the payment, isn't it, for a connection, is that they are going to have strong influence on you. Uh, and that's actually part of it because that goes all the ways. Yes, they might. you might get grumpy when they're grumpy, and it might be hard for you to, to kind of break out of that again to rescue both of you. But also when they're excited, you're going to get excited you know, and and when they're content, you're going to feel content as well. There's going to be a payoff. It's not going to all be pleasurable sensations. It's going to be a rich texture. You're going to get a whole range. And that's one of the things that I love about about being in a relationship with such a feminine woman is I'm getting to explore a much larger range of emotional experience than I do by myself. I'm very uh, kind of plain emotionally uh, when I'm alone. I don't get a range of things because – you know, I'm very guy-like. I kind of keep everything on a calm, even keel, which is fine, but it, it lacks thrill. It really does. It lacks, you need big kicks as a guy. That's why so many guys get into like extreme sports and, you know, get to rock concerts and stuff like that is because we need a big stimulation to feel something because we're so suppressed a lot of the time. Being with a, a, An emotionally dramatic woman, I don't mean unstable, but I mean really femininely powerful, gives us more of an experience. You know, we get a day that has a higher range, and we can give back by also helping her have more stability. So, as she comes in with her waves of emotion, you can be moved by them, but not blown away by them. And then you can push back. You know, you can have that kind of like, all right, I've had enough of being grumpy now, let's go for a walk. Come on, come on you. Off we go, we're going for a walk. Look at the sunshine, isn't it nice? And you, you can be the one who brings you both out of that wave into another one and take that masculine leadership role. And she'll be grateful for that because she doesn't want to be drowning in her emotions. She's just, it's part of her feminine, you know, and she wants you to both have that role. She'll give you more and you can help her reduce. I guess is when we look at it and you both sort of benefit from that. I'm kind of making this up as I go along because a lot of this is a, is a new experience for me, but I'm just overall with this whole rant, this whole video, I wanted to give you guys a rundown of my experience so far with this, uh, with this relationship so that you might be able to apply it and go out and test some of these ideas for yourself. Because I know one thing for sure is a lot of things I'm doing now are different to what I used to do and those other things didn't work. You know, when I used to try and make the relationship work, that didn't work. When I used to try and keep everything calm and and rational, that didn't work. Um, When I tried to plan and structure everything and and sort of fix every problem, that didn't work. What I'm doing much more now is just allowing us both to paint this picture of a relationship, let go of what the final picture is going to look like, and just take on our roles as masculine and feminine and spend their time together and just see what happens. So I kind of summarize it. I guess the key takeaways from this is when you first meet someone, make it doing something you're already doing. Don't fuck online dating and even all that like approaching and stuff where your sole purpose is to meet someone to create a relationship. Fuck that. Go out and live your life. Do everything you love doing as socially as possible. So if you love working out, join the fitness boot camp, you know, if you if you love painting, join an art class. Make your loving activities as social as possible and then connect with people naturally and spontaneously while you're there. Just tell them what you're thinking of them while you're there. Through that, you can meet someone in a real way without that built in neediness of trying to create something. Make your time together scarce and intense rather than abundant and blase. So if you're going to date, make it, you know, make it something special, like spend a whole weekend together, go on a trip together, do something you want to do and invite them along to it, bring them into your world rather than just sort of plodding along and following the rules of dating, you know, the dinner and the movies and then do what everybody else does type bullshit keep saying what you think is going to make them leave as long as it's truthful. So keep letting them see more of the dark side of you with the full willingness for them to leave you after receiving that information. That's how you quickly filter down to a good fit. I mean, you'll see it's only a few, few goes of this where you consciously go, okay, I'm going to tell her something I'm afraid to share and she doesn't leave. And in fact, even better, she either doesn't leave or the next level up, she reciprocates. And she says, well, if you're going to tell me that, I'm going to tell you this. And she, she gives you something big. And you're just like, holy shit, we're really opening up to each other. Like we're getting to this vulnerable place where we've got kind of, we've got the dirt on each other now. We've got some information about each other that we could use to hurt each other if we were that way inclined. We're going to take that risk. Um, balance. Balance the initiating, balance the decision-making. I mean, one of you is going to be more fat uh, masculine. One's going to be more feminine. So one's going to lead more but you both have to contribute equally in some way. So if, the, if one person's going to lead more than the other person needs to follow and you need to make sure if you're the leader that this balance is taking place. If you don't feel that they are matching you, you need to call this out. And if you think that maybe you're not matching them, you need to ask them if that's the case and allow that space for that to happen. Really focus your attention. When you're together, be together, turn off your phone, fuck all the other distractions, just be together and then when you're not together, don't be together. This constant messaging throughout the day and all that kind of bullshit. No, fuck that. You're either together intensely or you're separate doing your other things in life. Try and keep that balance. Um, reveal all your strategies. Every time you feel like you have expectations about them, if you're trying to manipulate them with certain things, tell them that this is happening so that it doesn't work. So that way you keep... Um, you keep on an honest keel and you keep giving them the personal choice to leave. You're never trying to take that choice away from them. Um, one thing I didn't mention too much just before is you need to make room in your life for them. Once you realize that this is a meaningful connection, it's just like, if you find anything important in your life, you need to make time for it. There's so many people out there like, Oh, I can't find a relationship. And yet they have no time in their calendar available for one. So what do they think is going to happen? Where are they thinking this thing's going to fit in? um, but the, the, the risk of this is that you make that time and you become attached to actually getting something, getting a relationship. So I'd say rather fit your calendar to, to connection. No one person, you want a relationship, but no one person has to be that relationship. So you can have that abundance while still wanting something. So you're like, yes, I really want to be in a relationship. You admit that to yourself. But you can say like this one person I'm dating doesn't have to be the one who's, who's it. So you make the space in your life for a relationship but not for a single person. That's how you remove that neediness, I believe. Have regular uncomfortable conversations. All those things you don't want to say, all those things you don't want to hear, force those things to come up as often as possible. Some of them will sometimes you'll feel like that's oh, too much. I don't want to have another one of these talks. But that's usually your fear talking. It's your fear saying, "Shit, I don't want this thing to be revealed because it might uh, affect the 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 uh, safety of the relationship." Every time you think something will affect the safety of a relationship and it's true, then you need to be talking about it. You need to be bringing it up. Um, That's that's my theory anyway. This is all for you guys to test. I'm not the expert here. Avoid making promises. Instead of making promises, express how you are in the present moment. Don't promise how you will be in the future because you're just setting yourself up to fail. You're setting yourself up for a checklist that you need to fill in. Another point is note that there'll be a honeymoon period where you guys don't think that you have a longevity together, so you'll be a lot more tolerant of each other. And then that will end, and it's time for boundary setting. So then you'll realize, actually, we're going to spend some dedicated time, maybe it's that commitment time, We are like, okay, hey, we're now boyfriend and girlfriend, for example, and we're not going to sleep with other people. Those kind of boundaries that you set. And then from there on out, you have to actually set boundaries. Okay, this is a make or break for me. This I'll tolerate, but I don't like it, and so on. And keep bringing those up as they come up. Stop avoiding confrontation. Go into it because the confrontation actually helps you build a healthy relationship. Take responsibility for your emotions. Those people are going to affect you in relationships. That doesn't mean it's their fault that you feel a certain way. right? You've chosen to allow them to affect you. That's your job to deal with it, not theirs. So if they're having a bad day and that puts you in a bad mood, it's not their fault. You've chosen to be in this relationship. This is the price you pay. And it's your job to do something about it. And the last point, I've said this a million times, I'll say it one last time. Always make the decisions as if you're willing to lose them forever. Bring that kind of truth to the relationship and you've got the best possible chance of a free relationship. One where you're not moderating who you are to make the relationship work. One where the relationship works despite you being yourself. Um, That's the only hope I can see of having a real, genuine commitment that lasts into the future is to let go of trying to make it last into the future. So those are my experiences on my first, what I consider healthy relationship since I started all my self-development and everything like that. First long-term one, it has had its ups and downs and I am learning so much through it. Um, And I wanted to share it with you guys because this is the kind of thing I wish someone had shared with me a long time ago. It would have changed a lot of the ways that I interacted in relationships. So I hope it was helpful for you. I will see you guys for the next session of Brojo Online and uh, wish you guys all a great week. Cheers.